0: on this late but jam-packed edition of the utility man podcast i discuss all things from the two sports that are shutting down and for the next few months it is the world series recap and the recap of the nascar regular season and playoffs we'll talk about the champions the losers and what happened along the way all that and more coming right up next Hello everybody, back again here with another episode of the Utility Man podcast. We, um, a little late this week after yet another COVID incident in our family, and I just didn't wanted to, wanted to stay on schedule with the, um, uh, Monday or Tuesday updating, uh, zone. And, um, it's a big one today as we discuss all of the things about the World Series and the NASCAR season that we missed. And, um, that's just the, That's just the the beginning of it. We might touch a little bit more along the way, but we're going to start with some baseball. We got uh, the World Series is over with the Atlanta Braves, your World Series champions. Man, what a a series that was with um, Jorge Soler winning the MVP. I feel like um, I'm trying to start with that, Jorge Soler, because that's what really jumped out at me about this series is that Jorge Soler just played out of his mind. Hit some hit some absolute nukes, and it was just crazy for me to see Jorge Soler hit the first true leadoff home run in World Series history. In um, on the first batter, he was the first batter of Game One of the World Series after my prediction episode a few weeks ago, and Soler knocked one out of Minute Maid Park against um, I believe Framber Valdez, and um, became the first. True leadoff home run is the first batter of the game in World Series history, which was truly crazy. And, man, that was just a a good start to the series for Atlanta, who ended up taking the first game. The Astros would take Game 2, leaving it uh, 1-1. to But the Braves went back to Atlanta and um, mostly took care of business and um, put the series to three games to one before the Astros staved off elimination in Game 5. But the Braves finished it in game six in Houston where Soler hit yet another home run. And um that one was a moonshot. shot. It cleared out of the stadium as a um just a crazy, crazy hit from Jorge Soler, leaving it a um a leaving it a Braves win in the World Series. And it is a um a historic world series as the Braves has not won since the, uh, I believe, 1995, when they beat my Cleveland Indians. And um, it, it was also very significant to them to win without Ronald Acuna, their best player, their star player. And um, a, a big shout-out and um, real, real thank you to the Braves goes to their general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, rebuilding their outfield at the trade deadline, getting Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler to help play the outfield in the absence of Acuna and also Marcelo Zuna who had legal trouble away from the uh away from the baseball field. As um those were some great trade deadline moves made by the Braves that put them in this scenario. The Astros, as it turned out, did not just just didn't have enough offense. As crazy as that sounds, if you go back and listen to my predictions episode, I talked about how the Astros' um, offense would just blow away the Braves pitching eventually and have them win the series. I predicted the Astros to win this World Series, but boy was I wrong. They, um, Jose Altuve was the only Astros player to hit a home run in that World Series. When I saw that, I just found that so shocking that um, even with the great offense, there was only so much uh, they could do. And a uh, well-deserved World Series champion, as they took out two of the best teams in baseball for sure, the Dodgers and the Braves, or the Dodgers and the Astros rather, on their way to the World Series title. And it is a uh, its a well-deserved championship for the Braves. So, I don't know if they can repeat, it's too early to start talking about that. But um, a crazy, crazy uh, World Series this year and uh, also some more news out of the out of major league baseball just today Eduardo Rodriguez the um star left-hander from Boston has um signed away a um he signed a 5-year $77 million deal with the Detroit Tigers a uh, maybe a sign of things to come with the Tigers as they're um as they are, they seem to be um really coming up and uh putting all their young stars on the table to um try to uh, be a force in the American league for the first time in what feels like five or six years. But, um, it would, it's really exciting to see all the young players down in Detroit with, um, uh, Spencer Torkelson coming up, uh, Riley Green as well, along with some of their pitchers, like Casey Mize. It is a, um, very exciting time in Detroit. And, uh, with rumors that, uh, Carlos Correa, a free agent shortstop is, um, Is rumored to be going to Detroit. Not a is uh has not no deal has been signed, or reached or reported. But a rumor is that Correa would like to um play with his old manager AJ Hinch. It is a it's just a rumor. There's no real truth to it now. But that is um it's the lowdown on MLB free agency, so far. That's basically the only big deal that's been signed. So. Rodriguez to the Tigers, which means pretty much nothing as of right now, but as the Tigers don't really have a, a good offense at all, so they if, unless they can get Correa and maybe a few other skill guys so have to kind of go after this with some of their younger guys, they could be a real scary team in that division. So it's we'll just have to wait and see how the rest of free agency goes for the Tigers. I'm not going to jump on them because they got Eduardo Rodriguez, although I do not blame Eduardo Rodriguez for wanting to leave Boston as – they had one of the worst infields in baseball last year. If you look at the statistics, the statistics, I cannot speak, but um, they uh they played very very bad when he was on the mound. So I can understand why he wanted to leave. That literally may be the reason why he wanted to leave. I have no truth to that whatsoever. I don't. I, I'm not reporting anything. But that's pretty much why, probably. And um, that's all I got for baseball today. So there's your. Six and a half minutes of um the last two or three weeks of baseball from Bryce Zachy. Now um we'll we'll talk. I guess we'll talk for a second about football, as there's been some um little injuries and stuff that's gone down that have that may I my opinion may have may derail some teams. I mean first off we have to talk about Derrick Henry going down for the year for the um, Tennessee Titans, as they um since his injury. Although have beaten the Rams and um, they beat the Saints, so they are clearly playing well without Henry and still have a good team with Ryan Tannehill and um, their receiving core like AJ Brown and uh, Julio Jones. But I I don't really I don't think the Titans are going anywhere without Derrick Henry. They, he le- he's leading the league in rushing still after being out for two weeks that's just ridiculous. He was a full two games he was a full two games ahead of the next closest competitor and that's Jonathan Taylor who I believe is either tied with him now or one yard behind. So, I mean, that's just crazy how he was playing so well and he's gotten hurt again. Oh, uh, not again, but he's gotten hurt and that's just a really ish- a real shame for the Titans. But um also there's teams that we thought were pretty good that have just slipped up in the uh we, in the Week 10, and it is, just to name a few, I mean, the Ravens lost to the Dolphins, who looked like a mess. The Steelers tied the Lions after beating the Browns, who lost 45-7 to the Patriots. So the whole the whole AFC North is just not looking promising. And if we move to the NFC, the Buccaneers got beat um, 29-19 by Washington. Tom Brady threw two interceptions, not very good. The Cardinals lost... 34-10 to the Panthers. Um just not I mean the these the Seahawks lost to the Packers in Russell Wilson's return. I um it's not just some it's a lot of upsets this week for some uh some really good teams. I think the Cardinals have the potential to go really far in the NFC. And I, I don't know I think their the loss to the Panthers uh really surprised me as they had just they did just lose their quarterback, Sam Darnold, as well. So I um am really uh really interested by some of those upsets in the league this week. And uh Monday night football on tonight with the Rams and the 49ers. So we will certainly see what go what goes down there. Uh my fantasy team hasn't uh, gotten any better. It is um not looking good for me, so I just don't really need to share that at this point. It's just been very painful. I don't think I need to say much more about that. Um, NBA is back as well before we get to NASCAR. Um, the uh, NBA is, um, back in action. And, um, for anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while now, you'll know that I really hated the Russell Westbrook trade that the Los Angeles Lakers made at the, um, at the draft. That's on the first ever episode of this podcast that we covered. Feel free to go back and listen. But I said that back then this trade was terrible. And now, look and see what the Lakers' record is. They are 8-6. and six. Um, That's not very good. There's uh, just a few teams that I have highlighted on my list here on the ESPN app that I'm looking through as I'm recording as I usually do. And that just just that I have highlighted right now. And that's the Chicago Bulls, the Mavericks, and the Nuggets and they're all better than the Lakers. But what I really want to talk about with the NBA is the Chicago Bulls. And in what the statistics show was my most popular episode, yet the Chicago I talked about the NBA free agency and made some predictions about the Chicago Bulls and how they would play this year, and I said they would be they would have a real step up from last year with the additions of Lonzo Ball and also with Zach Levine there already, and they're playing amazing. I just saw they beat the Nets the other night, I think, and um, they just, just um, have, even even in this early part of the season, have gone above and beyond our standards as the Bulls and also the Warriors. Uh, that's the, basically going to be the title of this podcast, the Bulls and the Warriors, are they back? Because the Dubs seem to be back with Curry and Clay. Um, Back they seem to be playing great. Andrew Wiggins in there as well. It um seems to be the old Warriors, and I think they right now they are the favorite in the West in the first um few weeks of the season. I I really see them as the favorite. As the Lakers have not played well, the um the Suns have just have been all right. I still do like the Bucks in the um in the East, but I feel like they're vulnerable. And but I, I I think the Warriors. can get back to their winning ways if they can keep up how they're going right now. And the Chicago Bulls, I think they'll be a, a threat in these playoffs as well. I don't think they'll do good. Uh, I, I can't speak. I, do, I think they'll do fine in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make a deep run because they have young stars who really aren't crazy like that, like that proven. But I, I do think they have good players and a, um, a good coach as well. With um a good team, and I'm happy to um, happy to see that they are uh, that they're back, hopefully, but um, I'm just looking them up right now. I uh, I think the um, I I think the combination of uh, Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine has just really helped them out. I think they they play the Lakers tonight on uh, NBA TV. They're favored by a point. So, I guess it tells you how much people like the Lakers and don't like the Bulls. Um, just a, uh, a very, very good, um, roster for the Bulls, also with DeMar DeRozan on the team as well. I actually didn't, didn't know that. I'll be completely honest. I, I really didn't know that the, uh, the Bulls had, uh, DeMar DeRozan, but they've, they played well. Uh, Nikola Vucevic as well, from, formerly of the Orlando Magic, been, uh, just uh really good players. I think they uh they I I I don't know, DeMar DeRozan's a veteran, so I don't know if they call like they have young, like young players, but I don't think they'll they'll get it this year because they sometimes you need to lose one before you can win one. Um look at the uh, look at my hometown team, my favorite team since I was like a little kid, the Pittsburgh Penguins. In 2008, they uh they beat the Detroit Red Wings or um, in 2008 they lost to the Detroit Red Wings in 6 games in the Stanley Cup finals but then the next year um improved from the team in 2008 and um and beat the Red Wings in 7 games to win the Stanley Cup that's a perfect example of having to lose having to lose one in the same spot before you can go win one and i think that's what could happen with the bulls and um uh it's just a um it's it's just really anyone's guess early in the season but uh happy to see the NBA is back. I've been watching a few games and I'm happy to see it. Um but now on to NASCAR, as we can uh wrap up the uh postseason until uh in- just until next year at Daytona. I um hope to be attending that event at Daytona. And it is a um it's uh I'm I have a few plans for Hopefully, the uh, few days I'm in Daytona and I can, uh, I'm thinking about a few special things for this podcast audience. So stay tuned. Maybe um, if when there's something to announce, we will announce it. So, um, a very, very interesting uh, field of things there. But the first thing I would like to talk about is just a few recap the last two races of the year Martinsville and Phoenix. At Martinsville, there was one thing that came out of. Um, Martinsville with Alex Bowman winning the race. And um, there was a big conversation here about Alex Bowman against Denny Hamlin, who has easily become uh, a fan, uh, non-favorite, to say the least. He's, I, I don't know if he's joined the Logano's and the Kyle Bushes of the world, but he's getting close because um, he's roughed some feathers in his, um, in his years as a driver. and he, And he's at the point in his career where he really does not care. And uh, after after they um, after Alex Bowman uh, punted Denny Hamlin spun him out for the for the lead with six laps remaining in the race at Martinsville two week two no three weeks ago now um Denny proceeded to go on national television after the race and call Bowman a hack and then he gets his <laughs> kicked by his teammates every week. And um, paused for a minute, and then said again, "He's a f- hack." So I um, I don't believe this is over between those two drivers. You don't go on national TV, drop an f bomb on someone, and then um, and call him a hack, and that they get destroyed by their teammates every week. And um, even when they have when uh, when Alex Bowman has double the wins that Denny Hamlin has this year, you can't say those things on national TV and just expect to get nothing back. So I believe going into next year, watch for those two. This is not over, in my opinion. But uh, on to Phoenix, where it was a typical Phoenix race, pretty boring and pretty tame. Uh, a few a few cautions in the first stage made things decently exciting. But then in the final stage, it became typical Phoenix, where everybody gets strung out and um, non-racy at all. Martin Truex Jr. ran away with the lead late, and um, it was looking like he would be the champion and so trust the old David Starr caused a debris caution with a right front tire going down and putting debris on the racetrack with, um, but then on pit road, Kyle Larson's pit crew turned in their second fastest stop of the entire season to bring him in to the top spot. And he did not um, disappoint as he stayed there for the rest of the race. And he won the championship with his, and the race with his 10th win of the year. The most since Jimmy Johnson's two thousand eight season, which um is widely regarded as one of the greatest NASCAR seasons in modern history. So it was a incredible season from Larson, well deserved champion, and um really no complaints about Kyle Larson. I was as a uh, out there Kyle Bush fan, I was just at the point where I was trying to come up with reasons of how people could beat Larson. That no no it's not Larson's year, but that this at a certain point of the year, I eventually just stopped and just started observing the greatness because this doesn't happen every season. There's, it's um, it's not every season you see a guy who's just that hungry and that dominant. And it was um, it was cool to watch this year for a guy like Larson to be as good as he was. So it was a um, it made it it made it interesting certainly. And um, heading into next year with the next gen car, it will certainly bring the field um back closer to Larson or at least pull Larson back with them. And um I'm really uh really uh, excited to um to see it. So I I plan on doing a few um more NASCAR topics throughout the off season like recapping the season deeply in my favorite category lists like a top 5 or a top 10 lists. I do love the I do love doing those. So it was um certainly something I would enjoy doing and as I said, if I'm attending the Daytona 500, I will hopefully try to do something for you guys. Something special I was, I, as I attend my uh, first cup race. Maybe maybe with the way they can get I can get some driver comments. Who knows? Who knows at this point? Uh, but for you guys, I'll give it a try. So um, uh, that's pretty much going to do it for this uh, little late edition of the podcast. But before we go, I remind you again my... My uh, gaming channel on Twitch is will be in the description to this episode and in the show, so feel free to check that one out and hit me with hit me up with a follow there to watch me play some numerous video games maybe um and one on go one on one with the great one, as they say so uh, hit me up there and check me out and um, that was gonna do it for this week's episode everybody have a good week and we'll be back next week.